my, I feel like my voice is gonna fail me this episode. I don't know why I've been having like I don't have COVID. Let's not get it twisted. <laughs> but I'm having a scratchy throat. Mm. Not a scratchy throat. More like I don't know. Like there's something in my throat and I can't speak. It's just your voice <laughs> is exhausted from all the family time. I'm like hitting puberty As again. Is mine, dude. Yeah, it's intense. You're either for the holidays. I don't know how I perceive the holidays. It's like everyone tries to be so jolly to the point where like it just hits the like shit hits the fan a lot of things erupt yep. people are no longer jolly yeah. gotcha. and if it's like not even good it's like terrible for me it's like by the time the holidays come around everyone has forgotten last year oh yeah so yeah. everyone's looking forward yeah. to seeing each mm-hmm. other again yep. everyone is you know uh deceived by yeah. homework movies yeah. candles and candles yeah. and you know advertisements telling us that mm-hmm. it will be mm-hmm. a good time yeah and then you arrive mm-hmm. at your grandma's house mm-hmm. and you realize you're not having shit. a chance <laughs> honestly like yeah. yeah you forget the traumas <laughs> from the year before and you're like oh my god it's such a jolly time and then it just never is. Just, it never truly is. And it, it is in the movies. It is. It's not for And I'm real. sure it is for some people. I mean, if the holidays are a jolly time for you, then I'm very happy for you. Genuinely. I yeah. feel like I sound so sarcastic. <laughs> I am because happy. Because I genuinely do I, love the yeah, holidays. I love everything leading up until the holidays. Yes. Like the pre-holidays. Yeah. I think what we're well. trying to say is that if it's been a stressful time for you... <laughs> we get it. We, we, we get, get it. it. We literally get it. And like, it's a stressful time for so many people. So... So... Cheers to 2022. Cheers to 2022. May this year be a little less of a dumpster fire than last year. A little less. A little less. I'm not asking for too much. (laughs) A little less. I think there's a lot of exciting things on the horizon. Yeah. Um, And Lisa and I, we do not believe in New Year's resolutions. It's kidding yourself. But we made one. So that should be doable. Mm -hmm. And that's to be here for you um, every Monday. Absolutely. At the After Work Murder Club where we hope to upload every single Monday. That's our goal for 2022, to be consistent, because obviously we've taken some time off for the holidays, but now we're rested as much as we can be. And we can't wait to see you here on Mondays, because that was my co-host, Elisa. And that's my lovely co-host, Sophie. And we're back. We are back. I'm so happy we're back. I know. This feels like it's a little rusty. Yeah. But it'll. I still feel like it's coming home. Yeah. I hope at the end of 2022, we'll be able to look back at these episodes and be like, that's crap. (laughs) Because we will have improved that much. I feel like we already looked back at our first first episode, being like, what the fuck was this shit? I'm inclined to delete the first three episodes, but still. But we'll leave them up for you guys. It's a cute moment. It's cute until it's it's not cute anymore it's i mean right now it's like oh my god growing pains later i'm like we're not those are just gonna be like vintage episodes that like no one will listen to ever again um no but yeah thank you for listening to the after work murder club in this new year we hope you have some new year's resolutions if not no worries january 1st does not have to be a clean slate if you don't want it to be you don't need to yeah. reinvent yourself for the new year you can still be the same person if that's what you want yeah just stick with what you already know as don't trust people and don't kill anyone that's great and then yeah. you won't end up on this podcast so yeah. that's just your goal yeah if you can 
please make that happen for just 2022 basic decency love it <laughs> all right anyway, that being said the case, what are we doing today i prepared a jolly case it's not actually like christmas themed or anything okay okay um but it's a case that i heard years ago and then completely forgot about and then stumbled across it again and i was like Shit, love this it one. yeah i was like oh my god i totally forgot about this one and it's like good yes there's some like yeah it's is there a chance that i know this one i don't know i'm a little i don't know it depends because you cut that out of the yeah scream murder cases like a pro but like halfway through the case i was like i think i know this one is this a case where x y and z happens and she's like no she i was like we're just gonna continue with the case gonna continue and it ended up being that case yeah so far that's the only the scream murders are the only case that either of us have like heard of from the other person yeah but then i was telling you that um that case i kind of like knew the clue but yeah. you brought me so many different details mm-hmm. that i've never heard of before mm-hmm. so even if i know this case i'm sure it'll be interesting and my it'll reaction will just be as genuine because it's just a different angle it is, it is. and that makes it so interesting because if there's ever a case that you hear on our podcast mm-hmm. go listen to the same case Literally, on other podcasts yeah. i really encourage mm-hmm. you to do that because the story when it's told by different people mm-hmm. will always have different angles mm-hmm. or different insights mm-hmm. like a different um, build-up even yeah so uh yeah really interesting that's true okay the case that i'm bringing to you today is the case about john list who that okay love that love that he's an unknown yeah. man to you yeah okay we're just gonna jump right in so john list was born on september 17th in bay city michigan in 1925 1925 yeah. wow okay. almost 100 years ago I holy swear shit you're going to say the 70s and i was like no well he was born in 1925 <laughs> i do love the i do love yeah. the 70s like they had lava lamps and serial killers so i have lava lamps and we're talking about serial killers everyone close loves to the, the 70s. 70s everyone loves the 70s it's just a groovy time to be alive mm. if you're alive you know this does okay. not take place in the 70s but close. okay Actually, it does take place in the 70s. <laughs> I, I just... shouldn't know. Okay, anyway, so he was born in 1925. He was the only child of very strict German-American parents. Okay. So very, like, okay. strict household, not a lot of love thrown around. German-American. Mm-hmm. I don't usually hear, hear that. Me neither. Yeah. Me neither. But his parents' names were John and Alma. Okay. So he was named after his father, who was probably named after his father. Yeah. Um, so his mother, Alma, was a very overprotective and dominant person, which mommy issues. We've heard that before. Through the roof. Not good. <clears throat> his father passed away the year after John graduated from Bay City Central High School. So he like was born and raised in Bay City in Michigan and like went to school so, there. So, and he's left behind with his super dominant mom. Yeah. So this was pretty, I mean, he had already graduated high school. So okay. after that... Um, he like served in the U.S. Army during the Second World War, so he kind of like went off and was like, "Okay, peace and love, mom," because there's no peace and love to be found. I'm out of here. Yeah, I'd rather go fight a war than he would to literally stay here yeah with you. Literally love that. Um, he grew mm. up to become a devout member of the Lutheran Church. Okay, and he taught Sunday school. A classic with Arliss. 
yeah it's giving me very much Mm -hmm. devout christian man okay um he later got his bachelor's degree in business administration and a master's degree in accounting oh wow which he got at the university of michigan in Mm -hmm. ann arbor so he literally was like michigan all the way okay um and in 1951 he met and ended up marrying his then wife helen this chick that he met somewhere along the way and they had three kids together Patricia, all American family, literally a veteran. Yeah, three yeah. kids, white picket wife, fence. Yeah, white picket fence. Um, accountant. He was an accountant. Mm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they had three kids together: Patricia, John Jr. The trend is going, and Frederick. So those are his three kids. They settled down in Westfield, New Jersey, together. This perfect family. Um, he became an accountant, like we talked about. He appeared to be the perfect son, husband, and father to his wife, mother, and kids. And he was working at a nearby bank, providing for his family. They lived in this huge ass mansion in New Jersey. We're talking 19 rooms. We're talking a ballroom. Why is like- We're we're talking marble fireplace, marble fireplaces. But the, the thing that always puzzles me is, so who needs 19 rooms? Like for what purpose could you possibly build a mansion with 19 rooms i think it's so you can say like oh move that to the ballroom <laughs> oh oh that goes into the theater <laughs> so you can like give names yeah. to your rooms nice so <laughs> right. can't, can't relate but he's like the perfect man mm-hmm. with the perfect family he's actually living his mom moved in with him alma oh, wow. the overprotective unlovable mother okay moved in in one of the 19 rooms which great mom. far away yeah she had her own, she's in the west wing yeah no she had her own apartment on the third floor okay, perfect in the house so she was living there but like kind of separate but like still okay. in the house okay so i'm sure she was like he was kind of like i mean kind of nice it. i feel like this is me speculating, but I feel like he did it because he wanted to be a good son on paper, but actually despised his mother, but was like, this is the right thing to do because I was... I mean, which is a good thing to do because, okay, what if you are in a situation that you despise your mother? I wouldn't like, let her live in the house. The best thing to do is then to try to be a good person anyway. Yeah, I would get her a home. Yeah, me, me too. But I mean, if you have a mansion with like 19 rooms, why would you pay for... I mean, he clearly has the money. I mean, I think it also was because he was like raised with like all these Catholic family beliefs of like, you must care for your parents. And like his dad was already gone. So his mom was alone. I don't know. I'm so a little sussed out by it. I don't know if I would do it if I was him, but yeah. good for him. You know? Yeah. Great. You're good not, for him. You can't do anything wrong with that. Yeah. You're being good son. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, so this man and his wife and kids were like really living the American dream by the time that it was like 1965. They were okay. like thriving. Yeah. Love it. 1965. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, he went off to war. Yeah. I was yeah. like, where's the war? So they okay, married yeah. in 51, moved okay. and everything and were like thriving by 65. Love it. Perfect. Great timeline. Yeah. yeah. Great timeline. Yeah. Um, so he's <clears throat> 40 at that point. Yeah. Look at him, 40. And yeah, whoa. whoa. And he's so... I'm sticking, like, Elisa. <laughs> literally, holy shit, I didn't, I didn't even put that together. That's kind of scary. Yeah, um, it's kind of intimidating. Yeah. They continued to attend church every Sunday. 
because they're all obviously still devout Lutherans. Was, I think at that point in the sixties yeah. sounds about right. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, and he John continued to teach Sunday school. Like, what more do you want, really, out of yeah. like a family like that in those times? Uh, by 1971, we've entered the 70s. John lost his job at the bank. Oh, it's starting. Shit's starting to hit the oh. fan. Karma's like knock knock. Yeah. What's up? So when he lost his job, he was 46 at the time. Okay. And he was struggling to find a new job. We've all been there. Yeah. Send out 50 million applications. Go to interviews. Get yeah. rejected for no reason with no explanation. Or if there is an explanation, it's a vague. You weren't yeah. fit for the company. That yeah, kind of shit. Yeah, you don't hear back at all. Yeah. yeah. It's rough. And he didn't want to tell his family about it. They didn't know that he got fired. Okay. He was kind of like, I'm upholding this perfect picture of like the perfect American family and I don't want to tell my mm-hmm. wife and kids. But he was trying to get another job? He was still applying to things, but okay. it was like really not panning out. Okay. I think it was like six months past at this point. This man would literally get up in the morning at the same hour he would always get up, get dressed in his accountant clothes, get his briefcase, Aww. leave the house, pretend like he was I, working. I, I sympathize with him though. Yeah. It's like... It's insane. Like you can't tell your He's like the man that. of the house and yeah. he doesn't want anyone to think he's not Yeah. So he would well. pretend like he was still working and to pay off his mortgage, he would take money, like secretly take out money from his mom's bank account, which is iconic. Oh. <laughs> so clearly like he had things yeah. to pay off and there was no money coming in oh, at shit. all. Um, so at this point, his wife, Helen was 45. His mother, Alma was 84. His oldest daughter, Patricia was 16. John Jr. was 15 and Frederick was 13. Always when you mention their ages, I'm like, (laughs) and they will be 84, 45, 16 and whatever forever. I'm like, wait, shit. (laughs) Their agents are mentioned. <laughs> That's never a good sign. The turning point. Oh, shit. It's like, oh, I know how old his mom is. Fuck. Oh. So, John and his... He got demasculated by the working industry. And he's like, I need to do something about this. I can't get a yeah. job. I don't want to tell my family about it. So he does something about it. Mm-hmm. On November 9th, 1971, no. John left a note for the milkman to cancel the delivery to his house from now on. He was like, you don't need to come by anymore. We don't want your services. This is six months after. Yeah. So his... like a huge chunk of time had passed. It's okay. still the same year, but like he, it's been months since he's tried but to imagine get a job. like, okay, I'll let you tell the story first because I don't know what happens. But... Okay. <clears throat> so that same morning, John saw his three kids off to school. He's like, have a great day, learn a lot, have a great time. He walked back to the kitchen where Helen, his wife, was sipping her morning coffee. He whips out a 9mm gun and shoots her in the back of the head. For fuck's sake. What the actual fuck? Um, And then he's like, alright. He walks upstairs to his mom's apartment on the third floor in the house. She's laying in bed. He walks up to her, shoots her in the left eye. She dies as well. He, like, doesn't stop. Between him killing his wife and him walking upstairs, there's, like, no time in between. I mean, I think when you're on that adrenaline rush, you have to kind of continue. Because if there's, like, if there's two hours in between, that's fucking psycho. I mean... Like, then you fully realize... Like, I fucked up, yeah. 
you know how they say that you know you're kind of like on a high mm-hmm. like the adrenaline is kicking in but then after a while you come down mm-hmm. and like you go in shock yeah so oh god what i was just going to say is um from the day that he got fired mm-hmm. until he's this desperate it's only six months it's insane what six months can do to your psyche person yeah like how is this a also if you're listening to this podcast and you lost your job and you told your family like a normal person i applaud you i'm <laughs> sure i'm sure that wasn't an easy thing to do and i'm sure that you felt awful doing it and it's not your fault mm-hmm. thank you for not grabbing a gun and killing your family and killing them literally like there's literally ten thousand options that you can choose before like even then like is that the right move like what's that gonna do is that gonna magically make you rich yeah no it's like okay you don't have to provide for these people (laughs) yeah but like you still have a mortgage to pay and you still need to like i think i think it's more it's more it's not as much like a convenience thing it's more that he couldn't stand the embarrassment Mm -hmm. okay the the children are still alive the the kids are still at school learning about stuff in school so he put his dead mother's body onto a carpet runner like rolled her up in it and shoved her in a closet up there because she was too heavy to carry downstairs oh okay um dealt with that love that he's like just shove her in a closet and it's gone yeah Yeah. (laughs) he went back downstairs and dragged his wife's body into the ballroom again we're naming (laughs) we're naming the rooms here because it's like why not you know Mm -hmm. why not you have 19 rooms Put your dead wife's body in the in the ballroom. ballroom. Love that. Very classy. Um, so he put her body on top of a Boy Scout sleeping bag on the floor. Like he didn't put her in it. He just laid her on the okay. sleeping bag, probably to like stop the bleeding from like ruining the hardwood the floors, floors of the ballroom. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, and then he tried to clean up the blood okay. from everywhere that she yeah. had been. Uh, Pat, Pat, I was gonna say Patrick. That's not her name. Patricia. <laughs> God. <laughs> When Patricia and Frederick came home from school later that day, John was like, hey, kids, shot them both in the back of the head immediately. No hesitation. They hadn't seen what happened or anything immediately dead right away. Fuck. Um, After that, John was a little peckish. He was a little hungry. It was like lunchtime. It was late lunch. So he like made a little sandwich. No! Uh, That always gets to me when they like eat in between. He told like police later, he's like, yeah, I was feeling hungry. I had a sandwich and I enjoyed my lunch. Fuck off! Like, okay, how is your body even hungry? Why, why is it sending hunger cues to yourself? What I'm thinking is that, like, we've seen this throughout so many cases where they, like, kill people and then before they clean it up, they have, like, a bowl of cereal like, or what? something like that. It's like, does the adrenaline do something to your body where you feel like you kind of have to... Like, when I'm nervous, I always... I eat Mm -hmm. i nervous eat and it's because like i have this feeling in my body and i think it's me being hungry but it's not me being hungry it's like it's something else it's me being nervous and because my like 
the only signals my body ever sends to me is I'm hungry or I need to pee. <laughs> tea. <laughs> um, so I'm like, it's either one or the other, mm-hmm. but probably it was something else here, John. I wonder if it's also because he cleared, he killed his two kids, his wife and his mom, and maybe him eating a sandwich was him trying to like make some, like have do like a normal thing. A normal, yeah. Be like, look, nothing's wrong with me eating a sandwich. It's perfectly like normal. Nothing's yeah. happening. I didn't just kill all these people. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just having a sandwich. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck. What the fuck would go through your mind? Maybe he's trying to have a normal moment. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So the kids are in the kitchen. There, he he dragged both of them into the ballroom. In the ballroom, okay. With their mother, okay. Also on top of their separate sleeping bags. Okay. I don't know the sleeping bags. Like the it's sleeping giving me very much like, Camp Scott. Murders. Yeah. Why does everyone have a sleeping? bag? I don't know. Bag? Like, why do you have so many sleeping bags? I get it. One for each person. I'm sure they went camping. But like, but like, they? Jesus Christ! They, they I don't live know. in a mansion with 19 rooms. Maybe they camped do in the. Glam- they go glamping. They went glamping in like the theater room or the <laughs> opera room. <laughs> I don't know. They they would like sleep in one room each night, have, like a little moment out of it. This is not funny. I'm not. I'm not making fun of these people, but wow. Um, okay, John. Okay. Glad you enjoyed that sandwich. What was yeah. on it? I mean, he did. Do we know? No. I think he had chips on the side. I, I feel like I remember reading <laughs> Why that somewhere. Did you know this? I always think it's so funny. Complete side note. Um, to look up what. Death row. Oh my god. Do you, you, you've definitely there... seen that post with all those pictures of the meals. Oh no. Oh my god. Okay. It's like this person. Yeah, had this. like it was like it would be the picture of the meal of the death row and they would say like the name, what he did, what he requested, yeah. and you would see the meal. And it would, it would be like lobster or it would be like one strawberry. Yeah, like, like some meal. some people have great like just like Chick-fil-A. Yeah, yeah, literally. Oh, I'm surprised you haven't seen that post. Oh no. Do we know what Ted had? He 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 chose to forego his last meal. He didn't have. He was still given the usual Florida death row meal of steak, eggs, hash browns, toast with butter, jelly, juice, coffee, and milk. But he didn't eat any of it. I'm shook. I'm shooketh. Um. So after he had his meal, because he was hungry from lifting all the happy bodies, mm-hmm. he drove to the bank to close his wife's and his mom's bank accounts. Because a good account. Wait, there's would an do that. other kid. Yeah, the other kid, okay. Come home. Yeah. We're not there yet. Okay. So he went to close down their bank accounts, and then he notified his kids' schools, being like, hey, we're going to be gone for a couple weeks. We're going to North Carolina because there's a sick family member we need to take care of. And he actually wrote the note, and there's like pictures of the note where he was like, we need to go to NC to take care of a sick relative so like my kids won't become like going to school i'm so confused because if you're the one calling in to say that that's also like then when eventually it's discovered that they're murdered or Mm -hmm. they're dead you're the only like that's like evidence yeah i mean people they they were they knew it was him okay like right away yeah yeah. easy obviously he's the only one so but but he couldn't have like possibly thought that that was going to I th- he just, it's going to delay the process yeah exactly. so it just gives him like time to a flee. few weeks yeah. to flee yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay, yeah exactly um so he yeah basically at this point he only had his eldest son john jr who was still alive okay john jr had to play a soccer game at his school that day okay so john senior went to the soccer game to cheer on his son 
as he was playing soccer and like doing that shit. That's fucking sick. So he was all like, yeah, that's my boy. Oh my God. As he fucking killed every single member of his family. Oh my fucking Lord. Um, which is fucking psychotic. I, I because even, when like, you told me that he said like hi kids and imme- immediately shot them mm-hmm. in the head i was like of course he cannot have a conversation with them because i'm sure he still loves them Bro. and he thinks that he's doing this to save them from the embarrassment yeah. and blah 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 and he doesn't want them to go through this no, he thought so about it. like talking to his kids would have made him second guess mm-hmm. yet here he is cheering on soccer game. literally cheering on his son okay bye. knowing that like as soon as they get home he'll kill him hello like what? what john john please please let john jr live for the love of god this is also speaking of love of god like, yeah is this okay by the bible i'm confused yeah i'm confused <laughs> um so yeah when the game ended he drove his son home and he tried to kill him, but there was a struggle that ensued between John Jr. and John Sr. Wait, he tried to kill him in the car? No, when they got home. Okay. Um, he obviously, John Sr. like won the fight and was able to kill his son. But there were 10 bullet wounds in John Jr.'s like chest and face area. Oh, fuck. Because he no, literally was like, oh my god, oh my kill. god, he's attacking you. Oh my fuck. Which is like... I'm so proud of him, of John Jr. Yeah. <laughs> not John Sr. Yeah. I'm proud of John Jr. for like fighting back. Clearly, he was like, yeah, fucking fight or flight, trying to evade his whack, psychotic father yeah. from killing him. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> he also put oh, John Lord. Jr.'s body next to his mother and his siblings in the ballroom on a sleeping okay. bag. He arranged all four of the bodies so that they lay straight on their backs and he put like a towel or like a face covering on all of them so he did like cover up their faces okay the ballroom is now the morgue yeah high key god yeah so after he draped the towels over their faces he knelt down and prayed um i can't make it all better yeah i i'm (laughs) so okay after he prayed he wrote a five-page letter to his pastor because he was like, if there's one person on this earth that would even have a kernel of understanding as to why I killed my entire family, it would be my pastor. Okay. So he wrote like a five, basically like a five page confession letter saying like, talking about like his financial struggles, saying that his family, like he saved them by killing them because this way they were guaranteed access to heaven and if they were to like live the lives like without him killing them then they would go to hell so he basically okay. was convinced that like him killing his family was him saving them from i got hell. that vibe though yeah like because you hear a lot of these family dramas mm-hmm. where one person kills their entire family um, because there's financial struggles mm-hmm. or things like that, and they want to save their family from yeah. it. But then usually they try to kill themselves yeah, afterwards. No, but John loves himself yeah, too much. He loves him. He's like, Ooh, I would do the world a disservice if I killed myself. <laughs> He's like, Hell no, I'm, I'm no. going to live my life to the fullest. Oh my fucking <laughs> um, So in the letter, he also wrote basically like that his wife had stopped going to church with him every weekend. Like there would be. Oh. periods of time where she would refuse to go with oh, him. she's a sinner. 
that's yeah so basically he took that as another reason as being like she's already gone down the path of sinning so i might as well kill her before it's too late for her soul to get shit and her get denied access to heaven Mm. love that he clearly like thought about this what i'm i'm also surprised that he only wrote his letter after he killed them all Mm -hmm. I think he like wanted to do it first because like why write a letter and waste that time and then not kill your family well i what i think that you think about it so much that you kind of like write it down Mm. first to like make it real and then maybe chicken out hopefully well but he was more of a doer yeah like Mm. later he'll say like I had already thought about this and I knew that this is what needed to be done. So he kind of already like went through the process of being like, should I do this? And then he was like a thousand million percent sure like this has to be done for their good. So he was already okay. convinced. So he just did it and then fucking wrote the letter. Okay. Um, he So he even wrote, quote, at least I'm certain that all of them will have gone to heaven now. If things had gone on, who knows if this would be the case. I know that many will only look at the additional years that the victims could have lived, but if finally they were no longer Christians, what would be gained? Also, the I'm victims. Sh- yeah. Also, I'm sure many will say, how could anyone do such a horrible thing? My only answer is it isn't easy and was only done after much thought. End quote. Um, um, we're like, mm-hmm. downplaying is not even, downplaying is downplaying the word. <laughs> like, I don't even yeah. know. Like, that's an understatement. Yeah, yeah, like of the year of 2022. Yeah, I mean, there is a certain cockiness coming from this letter. It's like I thought about it's it. It's like you know, I'm sure you're not intelligent enough to understand, mm-hmm. but I thought about it, and you need to trust me that that was the right mm-hmm. thing to do. Or he'd be like, I know you're thinking like they need like they had so much life left to live. I already thought about that, and I already know that that's not the case. It's like, dude, what? Dude, what? And also like. Uh, Maybe if we went further down this path, they wouldn't mm-hmm. have been Christians anymore or they would have been sinners or whatever. I'm like, I'm sure if you sell your 19-room mansion and you downsize a little bit, that you could have lived off that money for yeah. sometimes until you, sometime until you got another job mm-hmm. or your wife could have gotten a job as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, who like, would, if once you go to a 19-room house, you don't go back, according to John Sr. Oh, okay. Oh, God. <laughs> this case is oh, fucking God. whack. This is whack. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, after writing the letter, he was like, oh, my God, I put in so much energy. I'm feeling hungry again. So, he had a nice little din. <laughs> din-din. He had a little din-din. And then he slept in the billiards room. Um... <laughs> With his dead family, like, literally meters away from him. Oh, what the fuck? Uh, so he had a little good night's rest. Okay. Mm. Cute for him. Um, Cute. So, the, okay, this part is the creepiest part to me. What's about to happen really freaked me out. Okay. Like, just in, like, a weird psychological, like, what the fuck kind of way. Okay. Okay. So the next morning, he woke up, stretched, and he's like, okay, I need to flee but like I need to throw off the police for as long as possible so that I have an actual chance mm-hmm. of like escaping. Mm-hmm. So he thoroughly cleaned the crime scenes to like get rid of all the DNA. Okay. And then he took a pair of scissors, went through each and every single photograph in the house and cut out his face. <gasps> <laughs> what? 
fuck? Okay, but okay, realistically, why? This man is insane. He's not sane anymore. Dude. Because why would that make a difference? Like, because then they would they can't have... use it for the one post- poster. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the bank doesn't have a picture. Yeah, of him. like like no it would one take, has a picture. Like, I think. Imagine being the police officer, like walking in the house, seeing all the dead bodies, and then seeing every single picture have like a cutout of the face of the guy who did it. With actual like that's fifteen years of therapy in and of itself. (laughs) Honestly, like what the fuck? What the actual fuck? Okay, so in the beginning, I was kind of like sympathizing. It's like he had like this huge depression. He didn't want his family to suffer. What he thought would be an embarrassment. Mm no but like john yeah no like that would be the case if he also like took his own life yeah and he was like i need to save myself instead he's like oh i'm trying to get to like fucking the bahamas so i need to make sure that no one knows what i look like (sighs) so i can run away um so not only did he do that um uh he then turned on all the lights in the house to make it seem like it was like their people home. were still living yeah. there and then he turned on music and put on religious hymns that would, Ew. <laughs> that would play throughout creepy. the house imagine being the police <laughs> entering that house imagine like I'm fucking like, mu- it was like through the intercom system that he would so it would be in like every room of the house i'm Ew. like dude why are you making a hollywood set of like fucking insidious oh, right or, now yeah let me right. know like mm-hmm. what is this shit I hate it. <laughs> um, so his fucking plan worked. Can I just say? Um, Ew. So the house remained empty for a month. A month. No one, because the school wasn't looking for yeah. them. He canceled like the mailman and the fucking milk, milk people. So like it wasn't like there was a bunch of milk hanging out on the yeah. front step. There was lights in the house. There was music. Like, but like day and night. But like, bro. But there's only that much religious hymns that you can play yeah. during the day, like before it becoming a little sus. Right? Yeah. After a month on December seventh. Also, like he's not showing up in church. That's true. Maybe he told. I don't. Maybe he told his pastor about the sick family member. I Maybe. Don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so on December seventh, nineteen seventy-one, one of his neighbors finally started noticing that like the lights were always on. They were starting to flicker because they've been on for a fucking month straight. Yeah. Um, and he felt like the house might be abandoned. So he called the police and he was like, yo, this is kind of sus. Can you check it out? Yeah. Um, the police entered the house on the same day. They walked into a house with fucking organ music Ooh. blaring through the intercom well, system. Like a rotten smell. Yeah. You already know as soon as they opened the door, the stench hit them in the yeah. face. And they were like, okay, what okay. are we going to find? Like, in what room is yeah, it? Yeah, like where are they? Yeah. How many are they? Who who are they? Yeah. Horrible. Um, so they quickly found the five-page letter that he had written to the pastor, where like it also explained that the bodies were in the ballroom. So they okay. didn't have to like go through all 19 rooms oh, to wow. find the bodies. He was already like, oh, they're there. Um, and he also said like his family members had been killed out of mercy and that he saved the souls of the people he loved. Yada, yada, mm, yada. Yada, yada, yada. Go shit. fuck yourself. Yeah. yeah. So that... FBI was like, we're going to take this shit over. We're going to also fucking figure this out because this is literally like a family annihilator. Like, where is he? Um, They found his car parked at the Kennedy International Airport in New York City. 
And they couldn't track him down. And the trail went cold and he disappeared for 18 years. Oh, for fuck's sake. So he was gone. Fast forward. Oh my god, I feel like I know this case now. I don't know, maybe. Fast forward 18 whole ass years. Yeah. It is now 1989. Again, another one of my favorite decades. (laughs) This case has it all. Um, The TV show America's Most Wanted. Oh my god, I knew it. Was like, oh my god, our viewing numbers are going down we need to do something to revive the show let's whip out a, an older case that's like completely shut and let's do something about it and they're like oh my god what is this case about john list the family annihilator let's see if we can do something about this oh my god i know it i know it so <laughs> i think i have it in my head an idea like, okay please. so they had an expert forensic artist his name was frank bender create a physical bust of John List and what he they like he thought that he would look like 18 yeah. years later. Um, so he like gave him all these features that he felt like he would have 18 yeah, years down the line. Age. Um, and he gave the bust the same glasses that John was wearing when he was younger. Okay. Because psychologists believe that like John would still be wearing those glasses because it would remind him of like a time when he was thriving. Oh shit. Um they weren't wrong. Which is insane. Shit. Uh, so the New Jersey prosecutors were like helping with the episode. They made the episode. They aired it. And then on June 1st, 1989, 11 days after the episode was aired, police received a tip from... I read two different articles. One of them said it was his neighbors in Denver who were like, oh my God, that bus looks like our fucking neighbor, Robert Clark. And they were like lolling about it. They're like, I yeah. can't be Robert. And then one of them was like calling the police being like, I think it might be this dude, but he moved to Virginia. Another article I read was like, it was his neighbor in Virginia who was like, that looks like my neighbor, yeah. Robert Clark. I think what I remember is the first one. Okay. I think yeah. it's I think it's the one in Denver too. Yeah. I read that one the most. And and, and they said, you know, he, he went by the name of Robert Clark. Yeah. And then... um, so Shit. they're like, he moved to Virginia under the name of Robert Clark, so police quickly found his I love address. that they called the police even though they were like, well, surely not. They were like, it can be our sweet old neighbor, Robert, imagine. Imagine. But like, also, how, ins- I'll have a picture up on our Instagram about, like, of the comparison of the bust with him 18 years later. Oh, I want The I same want to see that. fucking, I didn't know which one was which. It was what Insane. the hell? But see, it has to be that good for people to call in yeah. if they're unsure. Because if it's like one of those random police sketches, like yeah. it can be a good police sketch, but I'd still be like, I don't, I can't in confidence yeah. say that that's my neighbor yeah. or whatever. That bus, I was like, what? what? I literally had to read fun? the description, me like, which it's one like is him? It's like a portrait of him. Yeah. The, while he's the sat same there. glasses. Shit. The bus had a little bit more wrinkles. Okay. Which good for him, you know? Had a good <laughs> he skate well. Yeah, I guess, whatever. Bodox. Um, <clears throat> So, yeah, it turns out John changed his identity to Robert Clark, who, like, Robert Clark was the name of one of his classmates from university, from college, and they, like, asked oh him, god. like, did you know John? And he's like, I've never heard of him in my life. Oh my god. <laughs> and I was like, this dude took over your name. Oh my god. Which is, that was an It's insane. also such a generic name. Robert Clark, yeah. Yeah. But that was like, such an insane, like, random detail. Yeah. I was like, imagine, like... Having a Ew. fucking serial killer, family killer, like that. take Someone over your name. Someone who went to school with yeah, us. Yeah, being like, I remember some guy called Robert Clark. Oh my god. Whack. So after the killings, he obviously moved to Colorado right away. Mm-hmm. And there he met his second wife, 
who had no idea who the fuck he was or what he did or anything like that. And he lived his like second life basically under this new alias. And he figured out like this alias is fucking good. No one knows who I am. I'm going to keep it. And he used the same name to move to Richmond, Virginia, which is where he got found and got cucked by the police. Um, On April 12th, 1990, so almost a year after that, he was convicted in a New Jersey court of five counts of first-degree murder. Does he confess as soon as they... He obviously he did, but he never took any responsibility. He wasn't like, he's like, I did the right thing. He's like, I did it, yeah, because they needed to go to heaven. Like, he didn't, he had zero remorse. Mm -hmm. Zero. Also, zero responsibility in that when he would talk about the murders, he'd be like, it's a terrible thing what happened to them. It's like, yeah, dude, do you know you, like, yeah, that yeah, I did to yeah. them? So, like, that's how he would talk about yeah. it. And you're kind of like, okay, you clearly don't give a flying fuck. No. Um, so, on May 1st of 1990, he was sentenced to five life terms in prison. Um, I wrote here again, he never expressed any remorse and believed that he needed to go to heaven. <sighs> and on March 1st, 2008, he died from complications of pneumonia, which is fucking annoying. Oh, yeah. Um, iconic fact, March 1st, 2008, that year was marked as Good Friday. Um, um, like, how ironic? How insane is that? Yeah, that's weird. Like, I don't but know. But they also, like, when you come, like, to the end of your life, they say that it's really, like, a choice. Like, he's like, like I like, want to die of pneumonia right now. Like, I'm done. I don't want to No, fight. like, you're already dying, but he could have, like, died three days before or four days yeah, after. Yeah, and yeah, it wouldn't yeah, be yeah. like, oh, my God, yeah. it's Good Friday. But it's like, you mm-hmm. can, like, go. For those of you who don't know what Good Friday is, it's a Christian, like, it's not a holiday. It's a Christian event. Like that <laughs> it's leading time, up to Easter. Yeah, it's, it's like the week leading up to Easter on Sunday where, like, Jesus went through his sufferings on the cross and then he died and then he came back to life yeah and that's all i can remember so yeah it's something to do with jesus and he was fucking religious so (laughs) there's a fun fact no it's literally when jesus died so yeah how insane is that yeah okay no but see for me i know it's like it could have been if you believe the theory that like death like when you are dying of a disease you can let go you, think you know he how held on like until like the, you can like can hold on for a few hours or like a day or two yeah. until you spoke to the last person mm-hmm. you wanted to speak mm-hmm. to, and then let go. If he That's let true. go on Good Friday, for me that just shows that he thinks he's fucking Jesus Christ, Going the Savior still. on earth yeah. that makes sure that people go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> God complex. Oh, Pretty absolutely. literally. Absolutely. So, fun fact. Not really that fun. Fact. Fact. Um, <laughs> nine months after the killings, the mansion was burned down. Okay. Um, in a suspected arson. People like How did he order that? No, I think it was random. Okay. Authorities never found out who did it. I'm assuming it's like vandals. You're like, that's the house where it happened. Let's fucking put yeah. it on fire. Okay. It's like the 70s, I guess. And a new house was built on the properties a few a few years later. Until this day, the Westfield residents, like the children of the Westfield mm-hmm. area, don't dare to go near that house or like go on oh, like the shit. street where the house is. And it's just like insane to me how like you can grow up in this. I bet there's some good stories. Yeah, going around, like the tight like, community oh, where yeah. you're like that's the haunted, house. Yeah, the haunted I house. I thought that was like a cute little like 
at the end of the cul-de-sac. Yeah, there's still there's the house is still there. And like the story obviously is still living there and like oh my God. the house is gone, but there's a new house there and you can't just erase what happened. It's another one for a road trip. Or yeah, terrifying we have, road trip. At this point we need to take like a whole year off. Yeah. But John List, man. Okay, yeah, that was the story of John List, the family annihilator. Who got what he deserved after 18 years. Yeah. His poor second wife as well. Dude, imagine. Imagine. Like waking up to the police being like, his name is not Robert Clark. What I'm wondering is, like, he had to be very consistent with his story then throughout the years of his marriage to her. Because how do you make up for a 20-year gap in your life if you don't tell her that you had a wife and kids already i mean maybe he didn't say he had kids maybe i'm speculating maybe he yeah. said he was married before and that his wife had died and he's a widow or widower yeah but like how do you talk about that those years and not accidentally mention your kid like he's a fucking psychopath yeah i mean i know like yeah, i think he was already <sighs> hashtag blessed that he could find a second wife and like live yeah. 18 years like a normal man yeah If you lose Damn. your job, maybe don't kill your family. Also, if you think that they're not going to heaven, don't kill your family. family. Because Lord knows you won't no. be joining him in no. the fucking Garden of Eden up there. <laughs> Whatever the fuck. No, you know, John tried and he did not succeed. He's currently in hell. Yeah. Where he belongs. So don't don't go there. Yeah, that's never the solution. Okay, maybe third New Year's resolution. <laughs> also, don't kill your family yeah. if you lose your job um wow okay heavy one mm -hmm. to start the year like a, like a short we set the tone short and packed yeah very for sure um and yeah <laughs> on that note plot twists mm -hmm. can always happen so let's see what 2022 brings yeah absolutely um if you want more visual material go ahead over to our instagram at afterwork murder club And you'll find some interesting pictures about this case, including the bust that looks incredibly a lot like him. Yeah, and let us know there that uh, if you see your neighbor on a show, would you report them? Also, I'm that's curious. so true. Would you? Would you? Like, would you take that risk? I'm not sure. Is it even a risk? But like, it's still like you have to have the balls to call the police. And yeah, like, I think that's someone that I might know. Damn. That's a good question. All right. Okay. And <clears throat> until next week. Yeah, we'll see you next week, guys. Stay safe and happy new year. Bye. Bye.